This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. That's a toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at GEICO. They're fantastic folks. They can save you 15% right now with the GEICO give back. Go ahead and check them out online, geico.com. They're going to save you a ton of money. 855-212-4CBS. That's the toll-free line. At Ken Carmen, C-A-R-M-A-N on Twitter. I was going to get to the Joe Burrow thing. I knew this was going to happen. I want to get the two phone calls because we just had Jordan Dejani on. Now, I'm willing to carry this over. I don't care. we got the top five coming up at 120. It doesn't matter to me because this is something that I think we need to talk about here as a country. And especially, I, I know we're talking to some women out there as well. And, if you, it, and I want to know from a woman. That might be the biggest thing because there's alcohol shaming that's going on here. And I'm a person, listen, you like what you like. I believe in, in my own personal freedoms. And I believe in your own personal freedoms. If you go over to the corner store or you go to the drive-thru, we have those here in Ohio. I don't know if there's a lot of states that have them. Real quick, Nick, do you guys have drive-thrus in New York? Yeah, we got those. Okay. So if you go to the drive maybe they're more prevalent than I think. You go to the drive-thru and you go, hey, like, listen, give me a 12-pack of Truly. Give me a 12-pack of White Claw. I do not think less of you because you might drink some White Claw because you might drink some Truly. I do not think less of you. You're allowed to drink what you want to drink. As a person who has been publicly ostracized, because, yeah, you know what? I like a little Jack Daniels when I want to celebrate, but you know what I usually have? Old Crow. I also have Black Velvet. I'm a fan of the High Life. I'm a fan of regular old Bush Heavy, or maybe even a little bit of Bush Latte when I'm trying to watch my figure. And any time I put it out there, in comes a guy, and you know they wear the flat cap, they got the glasses, they got the handlebar mustache. Why don't you drink some real beer, Ken? Oh, okay, well, how about you this? You just give me your address, and I send all my bills to you as you're going to make all the decisions for me. You can pay my bills for me as well. I mean, two can play this game. This is America. It's 2020. We're allowed to pick what we want to pick, and damn it, if you want to have it, and it might be something. Listen, I'm not even a big White Claw guy. I've had a few White Claws. There's White Claws I like. There's Trulies I like. I don't know if I'm ever going to go to the store and buy them, but I like them. They're, they're perfectly fine. I don't shame you for the booze you have. I can't drink gin. If you like gin, God bless you. I like tequila. To an extent, I'm not a big vodka person. If you like a little bit of vodka, again, that's your deal. Go right on ahead. The culture, and this is picked up with the Internet, the culture of alcohol shaming in this country among men 
has become disgusting. We need to pick each other up. We need to understand each other more, and we need to understand that there are things that you like and there's things that I don't like. It's the same with booze as it is with music as it is with movies. There's a lot of you guys out there. I've learned to accept it. At first, I didn't. I'm not a big Luke Bryan guy. I'm not a big Jake Owen guy. In fact, I really hate their music, but I know you like them. I know that's what you're into, and as soon as we're allowed to have concerts back and as soon as we're allowed to have country festivals again, you'll be there and you'll be camping and you'll be doing your God knows what, drinking your God knows what, listening to your Jake Owen and your Jason Aldean and your and your Luke Bryan and the so on and the so forth. That's perfectly fine. I'm more of a Waylon Jennings person. I'm more of a Johnny Cash person. I'm more of a Charlie Daniels person. Hank Williams Jr., that type of thing. My country music is long gone. But there are a couple of songs that are okay, and if you like that, that's perfectly fine. It's the same thing with movies. I'm not big into the Captain America stuff. I'm not big into the Marvel stuff, the DC comic stuff. But they people don't give them millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars going to the theaters when we're going to have theaters again, going to the theaters against their will. No one's holding guns to these people's heads, making them go and watch Marvel movies. You like what you like. Tino in Houston, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, they no. done wrong with my old crows because you buy what you can afford when you can afford it. See, that's and something. Like said, no, nobody else is paying my bills. Well, I would say this. I would say this. And I think you're right about that. I mean, it's it's just about, like, listen, I'm not going to drink Old Crow just to get loaded. I like the taste of Old Crow. I'll admit that wholeheartedly. But, again, my tastes are, are, are bottom shelf. I've told people before. Tino, you might not know me from anything, but you'll always know this. I was born on the bottom shelf. I was raised on the bottom shelf. And, God willing, I'll die on the bottom shelf. And that's perfectly Amen. fine with me. Thank you very much and for the call, my friend. And, go and ahead. Don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll go all the way on a cruise to, uh, oh, hell. <laughs> Where? Did I lose him? Did we? He hung up? When I went on a cruise, we had the, the last time I was on a cruise, we had I had the unlimited drink package. Because then you, you what you end up doing, Nick, I don't know if you've ever been on a cruise, and I'm going to take Alex in Detroit here. If well, you've ever been on a cruise, have you ever been on a cruise, Al, or Nick? No, I haven't, but what's funny is I was actually supposed to go before um, this oh. whole pandemic started. Did you get it pushed back? Um, you get a yeah, we just got refunds. You got but, refunds? You didn't decide yeah. to push it back? No, nah, well, it back, I don't know Nick. when I'm pushing it back to. Who knows when we'll get well, back just to normal. Push, the, the, those companies, though, they usually... I, with the major companies I've had, I've had good customer service each each step of the way. With with Carnival, with Royal Caribbean, Royal Caribbean's a creme de la creme. Norwegian is underrated. Okay, um, Liz is a very big cruise person. I'll say this real quick: if you get the unlimited drink package, you will automatically do the math of how much it comes out to a day when you pay for the unlimited drinks, and then you try to beat that number every day. When you get unlimited drinks, because then you go, okay, seven days, you divide the price I'm paying by this. Okay, it averages out to this much a day, so I have to drink this much a day to get my fill, and I automatically beat it. I'm almost ashamed by how much I beat it by. <laughs> and yes, th- when I was on, uh, when I was on the cruise, I'm a uh, Jack Daniels ice person if I'm out and about because you know they usually carry black velvet or old crow. Um, but I, uh, I sampled the Glen Levitt. I sampled the Glen Levitt. Yeah, I did. 
So and you it was good. Usually only drink these straight. You're not one of those the mix. I put it in. No, I put it in ice. I I put ice in it. And some people go, oh God, that's terrible. Again, if you like it with ice, if you like it with a drop of water, if you like it with Coca Cola or Pepsi Cola or whatever you want, that's on you, man. That's on you. Right, I yeah, do not I, judge by booze anymore. Yeah, I can't. I can't really drink any of the hard liquor straight. So then don't I, drink yeah. it. Then don't drink it. Then don't drink it straight or yeah. mix it. Do whatever you want, as long as you do it somewhat responsibly. Yep, of course. Alex, uh, let me get to Alex in Detroit. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, Ken, how are you? I'm wonderful. Go right on ahead. All right. So I just wanted to say that um, I really do resonate with what you're talking about with the alcohol. Uh, for perspective, I make beer for a living. I work at one of the highest rated breweries in the state of michigan and me and all the the guys that work there we drink high life we drink modello we drink bud light that's what we enjoy you know we make all these crazy ipas and stouts and everything that other people enjoy but when it comes down to us you actually you know we we work all day and we just want to drink a high life at the end so you know like what you like you know that's what i'm talking about alex that's what i'm talking about i'm talking about freedoms here folks thank you very much for the call alex is talking about what i'm saying here if you like, listen, if you like some IPA that I've never heard of, you go right on ahead. If you want to be like the, what, what's his name, Jim Cook from Sammy Adams, if you want to go get a bunch of barley and hops and just rub your face in it as much as you can, I mean, just really like you're putting your face in a pillow, just, oh, my God, here's all this hops. You go right on ahead and do so, brother. You go right on ahead. I don't think it makes a damn bit of difference. Just don't come after me because I want to have a high life. Don't come after me because I want to have a bush latte. Don't come after me for any of that. And honestly, I need to know. Listen, I'm a happily married man. Liz doesn't care about what I drink, what I don't drink, or anything like that. Do any women really care? Do uh, uh, Nick, I'm asking you the question. I'm asking the, the American people this question today. If you're a woman, I'd love to hear from you. Are you if, if there's a man, if you see a man in a bar, and you find that man attractive, and that man is sober, and, and or at least he's having a drink and getting a little tight, whatever, but he's, he's enjoying himself a little bit responsibly, and you look and he raises a white claw to his mouth. Do you really think less of that man as a possible partner? I can't imagine you do. It's just one of those little things that we make up on each other to just what we do on the Internet to make ourselves feel better about ourselves, and we put ourselves over other people. I can't, I can't believe there would ever be a situation. Girl sees guy. Guy sees girl. Guy picks nose. Girl's out. Girl sees guy. Guy sees girl. Guy spits. Girl's out. Does any one of those other things that are usually looked at as disgusting in like a bar, restaurant, whatever it is. Girls usually out. Girl sees guy, guy sees girl. Guy raises white claw to the lips. Girls out? Girls out? You don't believe that. 855-2124-CBS. Lee in Ohio. You're next up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Hey, I just had to call and tell you, first of all, that I had respect for you before with what you just said about country music, about liking the old stuff, Waylon Jennings and Charlie Daniels and Johnny Cash. You, you just went up another 10 notches in my mind. I just have to tell you that. Okay? Thank you. Thank you. So, but, I, but I also want to tell you real quick about what you're talking about with the alcohol shaming. I've been married for 23 years, and my wife almost did not go out with me because we, 
First time we went out somewhere, I ordered a natural light beer. She thought that I was the most low-life person in the world when I did that. Oh, my. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back, back up. I, you cut out a little bit in my ears here for a second. Can you explain that again real quick there, Lee? I apologize. Go no. ahead. Oh, no, that's fine. I went to a bar with my wife, okay, on our, our second, during our second date, and I ordered a natural light beer. And okay. she almost, she almost, she told me later that she almost did not go out with me after that because I ordered really? natural light. If it would have been Miller Light or Bud Light, that would have been fine. But natural light? She said really? no. She said that was a high school of trash beer. <laughs> wow. How long you two been married? We've been married for 23 years now. See, that's so. that's a beautiful thing. I'm glad she stuck with it. That, see, Lee, that's a beautiful thing. There's there's things that you got to know the person first off. And, for, like, and, again, Lee, thank you very much for the call. Thank you very much. See, that's the point I'm saying here is when you, you get to know somebody, you have to look further than skin deep. She said she almost didn't have that third date. She didn't say she didn't have that third date. Obviously, they did have that third date and many dates afterwards because they've been married for 23 years. That's the entire point of it. I think it's something that men make up to each other to make them feel more significant than each other. Everything's a competition. Getting the opposite sex to be attracted in you is always going to be a competition. But there's always job competition. There's lifestyle competition. There's always these things. It's just the lowest common denominator. If I feel I'm better than you because of the booze I drink, how insignificant of a person can I possibly be? How insecure of a person could I possibly be as well? It has to go without saying, folks. I don't know if there's going to be one woman who's listening to this who's willing to call up and say that she has, not because of poor poor behavior, not because he wasn't able to handle his alcohol, not because of nose picking or any other disgusting feature that a woman turned down or was no longer interested in a man because he had a white claw, because he had a Zima. For all you guys that got married in the 90s, my wife and I, I told you, my wife and I, our first date was Cafe Capri in Boardman. I wore a Crofton Barrel flannel. Was that what it was? It was a flannel of some sort. These boots that I thought were decent dress boots and Wrangler jeans. I wore that into a place called Cafe Capri in Boardman. Nice restaurant, folks. I thought I was dressed up. Thank God Liz was looking in my, and she has said this to me before. She was in her head going, we could work with this. I could change this. Has my dress changed? Well, when I'm working, no. I, I, I wear my Duluth Trading Company pants and my old Wolverine, or not Wolverine, the uh, Timberland boots. And uh, I got plenty of Duluth Trading Company unpaid testimonial shirts that I go out and work in, and that's usually my wear. If I go out to a restaurant, yeah, you know what? I'll wear some Sperry's. They're nice, comfortable shoes. I'll admit it. I like it, okay? I'm introduced to the finer things in life. Liz didn't turn around and walk away. Liz didn't do any of that. And she damn sure didn't look at it and go, oh, my God, he drinks that. He has that. Now, I don't know if she's going to go to the store and put it in her cart for me. I have to go get it on my own. But that's okay. She knows I'm a good guy. I have him fallible, just like any other guy out there. I make plenty of mistakes. But overall, I think I'm an okay dude. And she knows that. And I try to be an okay dude. And that's really what counts. Paul in Florida, you're next up on CBS Sports Radio. I'm never going to get to Joe Burrow. Paul, you're next up. Go ahead. Hey, buddy. Uh, hey, I'm down here in Jacksonville, Florida. We've got a Budweiser brewery here, and there's nothing like Budweiser and barbecue. 
Ice cold Budweiser, ice cold domestic beer on any day yeah. is a fantastic, fantastic thing. Paul, thank you very much for the call. Thank you very much for speaking. Yeah, hey, uh, how truth. about Cleveland Rockers for your baseball team? <sighs> Paul, uh, too much, boy. Uh, it's just everything. Look, I'm proud that the Rock and Roll. And Paul, thank you for the call. I'm proud that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame's in Cleveland. I'm proud that there is some cool stuff there. The Hall of Fame is actually a really cool museum, really cool exhibits. They're nice people over there. I got nothing against the Hall of Fame. Don't get me wrong. And, yes, I think it's really cool that Cleveland is known as the home of rock and roll. All that stuff is so true. It's all great. It's just over the last five years, we've had a rock theme with basically everything we've done. From the convention to the all-star game, the whole thing, everything we do seems to have some rock theme flavor to it and we already had a WNBA team called the Rockers and then they moved so it's just we find something else we got other good things rivers as clean as it's ever been in the history of the river since we started documenting it downtown will be vibrant again we know we we were part of the major cities that did have disruption but downtown's been pretty vibrant younger people are moving downtown living downtown three professional sports teams here if we're going to change the name there's plenty of great history there you had Elliot Ness in town, didn't catch a torso murderer, but got close. Got lots of things we could be proud of. 855-212-4CBS. Just like with Washington. You don't have to go with the Redskins motif on something like that. You could just change it up altogether. Red tails is good. You keep the same colors. You can do lots of different things there. There's lots of great things in Washington, D.C. 855-212-4CBS. Up next, top five. And I disagreed with Jordan Dejani about something about 20 minutes ago. I'm nervous for Joe Burrow. I'll explain why coming up at 1.40 p.m. Eastern. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. It is time for the top five, and you came up with a very good one, Nick. What was the idea for the top five today? The top five today is top five late-night talk show hosts of all time. All right. In ascending order from five to one, what was your top five there? Okay, starting with number five would be, I have John Stewart for number five. Wait a minute, John Stewart number five? Yeah. Okay, I didn't put him in my number five, but very well done. John Stewart was a great late night host. Okay, continue. I didn't want to leave any of the cable guys out, so I'm including yeah, one of yeah, them there. Yeah, yeah, so. that's good, that's good, that's All good. All right, um, number four is Jay Leno. Jay Leno. Yep. He, uh, I'm not too crazy about him. It's not the chin or anything. It's yeah. just, you know, okay, he just okay. comes off. You know how Jimmy Fallon comes off, like, kind of fake in a way, like, especially when Ooh, he does interviews? Now, we're getting, now this is getting real good, Nick. I didn't know we were going to take this turn, but here we go. What do you? How does Jimmy Fallon come off fake? I don't know. It's just something me and my dad notice as we both, like, watch Jimmy Fallon. Like, I'm a There's fan. Some, I'm well, a fan. There, sorry, guys. No, there's some things that he does that are funny. I got really annoyed with him on Saturday Night Live. It's like, well, you're you're in front of a live audience. Like, listen, there's there. J- Jimmy Fallon's funny. He's not an SNL legend. There were legends that were able to keep a straight face. Jimmy, you can keep a straight face. Like, you can't break character every skit, Jimmy. Yeah, uh, j- specifically his interviews. I just feel like he comes out like kind of phony because he laughs like hysterically. At everything that everybody says, like nobody could be that funny. And See, I don't it, watch it just, enough of them. Yeah, well, what what I do like about him is his um, 
you know, the comedy sketches he does and also um mm-hmm. whenever he does the music pieces like whenever he he's Some done like funny, bob yeah. dylan uh bob yeah. dylan all, you know all those clips that go viral wherever yeah. he sings with somebody that's like the stuff the, i like he just yeah. comes off a little phony to me for when the for the he, most part yeah for the most part yeah like, like jimmy fallon's funny and he's talented and all that great stuff but like i just keep going back to saturday Night live and go okay like when he when he had the breakdown a little bit during the uh the cowbell skit hey that's 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 okay that's fine you know will ferrell's gut hanging out there Christopher Walken selling him more cowbell. Gene's messing it up. Like, I, I could get him laugh every single skit with him losing. I go, you guys rehearse this. Just do the act. Do the do the part. Yep. Next. All Next. Right. So, number three is Jack Parr. Wow. So old you, style. Even though I'm not old enough to, you know, be that familiar with him, but you still have to respect the talent mm-hmm. and, you know, being one of the first hosts of The Tonight mm-hmm. Show. So. Mm-hmm. That's number three. And number two, this is where it gets dicey. My two and one might be a little controversial. Okay. Number two, I'm going to go with Johnny Carson. Okay. Why is Johnny Carson controversial? No, it's not controversial. It's just when you see who my number one is, you might think, why didn't I put Johnny Carson one? All right, go ahead. And my number one is David Letterman. So why is that controversial? It's not controversial. I just thought that, you know, would – Johnny Carson, it would be that you're, he's like the gold standard, but I've always oh, liked David Letterman see, a little bit more. See, this is, I get what you're saying here. This is almost, this is what kicks off something else here, and I, I don't want to get all the way into it. Maybe I'll maybe I'll play that card next week. Especially if, we're, if this bubble gets going, we'll be good, but if this bubble don't get going, I might lay this card down during that time. Um, this is almost the Nirvana or um, Foo Fighters question. You know what I mean? Because fo- there's no Foo Fighters is born from the rib of Nirvana. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like people, like people who are who are big Nirvana fans, and you go, hey, you know, Foo Fighters is. You kind of whisper to them like Foo Fighters. I like Foo Fighters better, and they get really mad, and they go, well, Foo Fighters wouldn't be around if it weren't for Nirvana. And I'm like, okay, it, yeah. yeah, that's true. Like, yeah, okay, David Letterman might might not be around if it weren't for Johnny Carson, but it doesn't mean he's not better. Yeah. Does that mean he's not better? No, not at all. I think exactly. He's great. Now, again, but this is a subjective thing where it's in the eye of the beholder. There's going to be people who they love Johnny Carson then, they love Johnny Carson now, and they love him forever, and he will always be the best. That's perfectly fine, but let me give you my top five because I think you've, you've been very provocative. Now, I always want to make a special dispensation, even though that these guys hosted monster movies and horror movies. There's a great documentary called Turn Blue. I think you can find it on YouTube still by the great Phil Hoffman that goes over the career. It's an hour long that goes over the career of Goulardi, who ended up who was played by Ernie Anderson, who ended up being the voice of ABC for 20 years, and his son, Wes Anderson, is a famous director. Gullardi was famous in Cleveland for a period of years here before he went out to L.A. Gullardi, when it comes to monster movies and the whole thing, gold standard. Like you have the son of the ghoul, and then you have, or they had the ghoul, then you had the son of the ghoul, the whole thing, and in Chicago they had theirs, Boston they had theirs. The best ever was Gullardi. Gullardi's number one. Then the other part were, was Big Chuck and Little John, which, again, at the end of this show, I'm going to have to send you a clip of Big Chuck and Little John because some of the things I explained of Big Chuck and Little John might not be appropriate for 2020 radio. Let's be serious about this, okay, Nick? So those guys get special dispensation there. They're honorable mention because you want a national, we'll go national. Okay. No, number five, for me, I have to respect the talents of Johnny Carson. Johnny Carson made fun of my area for a long time. But there were some really, really good creative things there. 
I still Ed McMahon with the right laugh at the right time with the right little things that he did. I thought he was perfect in that spot. Johnny Carson was fantastic. There was some earnestness there when he talked to you. I, I, I didn't realize how much of a private person he was outside of, of the show. But you could tell that there was some earnestness there, and I like that. Johnny Carson's at number five. Number four, I put Dick Cavett there. And then I put at number three, Jack Parr. Those are older style guys. You have to go into the history to watch those guys. It's a difference where late night television, you're in a different era and they had to go into different topics, and they had to really go for some real strong subjects. I thought both guys had pills, and I would put them there at, at three, or excuse me, at four and then at three. And number two, I just love Coco, man. I think Conan O'Brien was great back in the day, and I think Conan O'Brien is still good and, and anywhere I see him. I was going to put him on my list. But he is on my list. I was going to put him on mine, but he just didn't make the cut. I think he's fantastic. At number one overall, and, and again, this is where you, you brought it in. This is the Nirvana Foo Fighters argument is I just I, – I was raised on David Letterman. You know, the, you'll always hear it. Don't fault me because I was raised on Dre and Snoop. Don't fault me because I was raised on David Letterman. It, when, I, when I was coming up, there was a little bit of Johnny Carson. Then it was Letterman or Jay Leno. My father was, is, and always will be Letterman. My mother – with him together, they were Letterman people. We were a Letterman late-night family. We watched David Letterman, and I will still never regret that. The top ten, the card, the crash of the glass, the whole thing with the hot dog eating contest they did one time. I mean, it's just – it was great stuff. Just great stuff. Yeah, part the time of, we're yeah. – go ahead. Part of what makes him so great, I think, is just that he just didn't take himself seriously. Where, like, yes. all these other guys are, like – on my TV, you know, you have to, like, be presentable or whatever. Like, he, he was just doing his thing and doing uh, his shtick and what yeah. made people laugh. Letterman was just number one. I, I, st I, st I still loved – and I know – hey, not a perfect guy. I get it. But I still love David Letterman. And that is the top five for this week. Nikki did a hell of a job yesterday and today. Well done on both of those. Thank yesterday you very much. Couldn't have done it music. without you, though. Thanks. Yeah, well, you know, that happens. That happens. I, I'm one of a kind. You can't You can't lose on that. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, I'm rooting for Belichick for reasons that you don't even know. I'm going to explain to you, and I'm going to get very personal with it, very personal with it. And I'm a little nervous for Joe Burrow. Jordan Dijani did not make me feel any better about it an hour ago. I'll explain to you why coming up next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4227. 855-212-4CBS at CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. They got the Geico give back. You're saving 15%. Check out for more details, geico.com. Final segment of this show. Speak now forever. Hold your peace. 855-2124-CBS. Up next is Pony. That'll be riveting. I want to get into – I'm kidding. Pony's great, and you're going to love Andrew Filipponi next. I'm sure you will. I like Bill Belichick, and I like the Patriots because I hate tanking. I like greatness, and what tanking does, why I hate tanking so much is it, it gives me an excuse. I'm a person who tries to know, and, and the best I can, there's foibles that I don't understand. There's foibles that I don't know. I'm not always cognizant of myself. But I do try to understand and – and if I need to make changes personally, I, I try to make changes personally. I do try to think through. I have to. What we do here is live, and what we do is scary, and you say one wrong thing, and that can end your career. It's a very scary type of thing. So you try to think things through. 
And I try to think I, there's there's lots of times where I try to think of introspection. And so when I look at the when I look at football, when I look at professional sports, and I see tank, I get offended. I get disgusted by it. And it's for a very personal reason. Tanking is the same thing to me as saying you're allowed to be a loser. Go right on ahead. You're allowed to take your problems today and put them off to tomorrow. You go right on ahead. I've done that in my in my past. I'm ashamed by it. I've done that in my personal life. Tanking to me is the sports equivalent of me looking in the mirror every single morning. My hair matted. My shirt askew. Clothes that I would never wear after, out of the master bedroom. I'm a very conservative dresser in a lot of ways. And I look at myself in the mirror and I go, good God, you look like a beast. Yeah, you fat pig. I told Nick during the break, Nick's a large gentleman in his own right. I said, Nick, be careful when you go out to eat with your girlfriend or with your significant other and eventually your wife. The older you get, the harder it is to end the night on a good note because you'll feel like a sedated bear at the end of the evening. For all you bigger guys, that's some free advice to you. Eat light when you go out because if you need to perform later, it's a little easier. And I always feel bad saying that because I'm like, ah, you could do something about it. And I go, okay, I'm going to do it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on a diet tomorrow. I'm going to get on that diet tomorrow. Tomorrow is when I'm going to do it. And tomorrow comes, and I'm good for about six hours, and then I get really hungry, and then I just eat like a snake and pound food, and then that's the end of it. And piggy again. And then I look at it and I go, the next day I'm going to do it. And what it becomes, it, it just becomes my own version of tanking. It's an excuse to be a loser. I love delicious food. I don't want to have people I, – I don't want to ha have to be held to a standard, so it might as well just be a slob, big fat slob. Might as well. It's my own personal excuse. It's the sports equivalent of an excuse for me to be a chubbo. Where if your team is tanking, you can go, oh, don't worry about this year. They're, they're tanking. We need to get Joe Burrow. More on him in a second. We need to be able to get this quarterback. We need to, hey, hey, Trevor Lawrence is going to be out there. What are we, what, whoa, 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 what are we doing trying to win these games over here? We can't win games with this guy. Jared Stidham, we can't win games with that guy. Cam Newton, wait, whoa, 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 wait, wait, whoa. Trevor Lawrence is going to be better than Cam Newton. Hey, Spencer Rattler, he's the best two He's the best dual threat quarterback that you're going to be able to find, according to CBS.com. Through two more years, he should be eligible. Maybe in one, we'll see what we can do. Why are we? Why are we trying to win football games for that guy? It just makes, it just makes losing palatable. And the worst thing about it, you know, if you tank it out and it goes right, like when the Cavs tanked it out years and years and years ago, and they got LeBron James, it went right. They won a championship. It went right. When teams tank it out and they get great players and it works out well in the NBA, it goes right. What if it goes wrong? Because I, I look across the NFL right now, and Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback. And by the way, by the time it's all said and done, he could very well be the best to ever do it. I'm willing to say Tom Brady's greatest now. Patrick Mahomes has what it takes. This is the beginning. That guy's throwing passes blindly. This could be something special. They traded up for him. He wasn't taking number one overall. The Chiefs didn't take away anything. They didn't lose anything on purpose. They were just naturally bad in a lot of ways. They didn't tank anything. No, no. The Houston Texans didn't tank a single thing to get Deshaun Watson. Now he looks like their franchise quarterback. The Eagles, no matter what you think of Carson Wentz, the Eagles traded up to go after Carson Wentz. 
Hell, the Rams traded up to go after Jared Goff. You live, you learn. Some are good, some are bad, but they went for the gusto. Lamar Jackson was passed up, was it twice by the franchise that he has right now in the first in the first round? They traded back into the first round. They got Lamar Jackson. They have the reigning MVP. Meanwhile, my favorite team, we did it two years in a row. They went 7-8-1 and one afterwards and 6-10. and ten. And if I say anything above 8-8, eight and eight, I get yelled at by my co-host every single morning. We tanked out to go 8-8. Eight and eight. You could have just built and went 8-8 eight and eight and been middle of the road. And my fear is, and this is especially for fans, is that you start to become like me when it comes to dieting. You start to not care. Or, worse yet, especially with the younger generation, you go find something better. Because we gravitate towards greatness. So for the teams that we we tank it out and we try to, well, we're going to lose now, but we're going to be great in the future. We're going to be set. All our dreams are going to be solved. Everything's going to become a reality. The, the champagne's going to fall from the sky. We're going to win championship after championship. Or you're just still bad, like the Sacramento Kings. Like I'm terrified to say my own favorite football team in my own city. And then eventually you start to lose fans because there's the younger fan base that it's not the same for them. Now, you can always get fans back when you're a comfortable team, when you're a good football team again, when you actually do either get lucky or you do do it the right way. But who do those fans go to? They go to big name, big talent, usually really exciting, really successful franchises and players. There's plenty of Patrick Mahomes fans out there. If Mahomes sucked and played for a bad football team, there ain't any. It's just the way things go. And Kansas City and their fan base and Baltimore and their fan base and and Houston and New England and Green Bay, they didn't tank a single thing. They didn't tank a damn thing. You know, if this works with Jordan Love with Green Bay, it could very well not work, but they didn't have to tank anything. And a Green Bay Packer fan could go 30 years with great franchise quarterbacking. That's a lot to put on Jordan Love. I don't know if it's going to work out that way. But you've already had over 20 years of it. You can have over 30 years of franchise quarterbacking, of playoff appearances, deep playoff runs, chances at Super Bowls, or even including Super Bowls. You have all that for 30 years. Packers didn't tank anything. Not for a single second. So why do I have to tank? And the reason I root for Bill Belichick well, see, Belichick's smart. He's smart like a fox. He'll lose these games with Jared Stidham, and there he's going to be, ready to take Trevor Lawrence. Man, Belichick's just got it better than anybody. A guy who's in his late 60s, whose franchise, excuse me, all-time great quarterback just left. And that he helped in that regard. And that he's with another older coach who's a very good offensive coach, really good head coach all around in Bruce Arians. That guy expects to make the playoffs. Where do we think that Bill Belichick doesn't have the ego where he's going to lay down and lose during that season to go after a college quarterback that he probably hasn't seen and he knows he probably can't trust right off the bat? Not going to do that. He's not going to do that for Trevor Lawrence. He's not going to do that for Spencer Rattler someday. He's not going to do that for anybody because Bill Belichick isn't a loser. And he knows he's far too damn old and he's been through far too much to sit there and lose on purpose since when has that ever been the Patriot way? We make things convenient in our own heads because that's what we're comfortable with. It's the same thing with me and dieting as we are with tanking. But if you want greatness, greatness is different from you and me, certainly from me. 
It's putting yourself in uncomfortable situations. It's taking a guy who has talent like Cam Newton, who's been a former MVP before and has had tons of controversy around him at times, but is still a very capable quarterback, and we'll see if he can stick through it through a 16-game season. And if he can, there will be more applause and more love for Belichick than we've ever seen before because then he will do it. And maybe we might start to finally figure it out. It will probably be in a vacuum and it probably won't be true, but we'll still make these arguments. We'll figure it out. Was it Belichick or was it Brady who was the key to all that success? Which one was it? Maybe it was both. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get real true truth on this and we'll figure out it was both. But I don't think that Bill Belichick is going to put his future in his late 60s and his legacy with the, with the possibility where you have his quarterback, where he's a competitive person in his own right, that has 2,000-yard wide receivers, his tight end back, Bruce Arians, who's a great football coach, and in a lot of ways a team that should have made the playoffs last year if Jameis Winston wasn't turning the ball over like crazy. If Jameis Winston had the same stats that Tom Brady did, that's a 7-9 football team that you can flip around, goes 9-7, and seven, and it's probably a postseason team in 2019. Arians knows that. Tom Brady knows that. Belichick knows that. Belichick's laying down for nobody. Belichick knows he's not going to lay down in trust Robert Kraft to see everything through. He's not going to trust anybody else but himself and the people he puts in position. That's why I root for him, because that's greatness. And I want my favorite football teams to be great, and you should want your favorite football teams to be great. And he knows that he's not going to sit there and trust a rookie, especially not in this climate. It's the same reason I'm nervous for Joe Burrow. We've thrown a lot at the feet of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has been a remarkable person, not player, person. He's been a remarkable player. We know that. But as a person, he's a dream come true in Cincinnati. He's kind of around that area. He's already done tremendous things for charity. He's a Heisman Trophy winner. He's one of the best stories we've seen in recent college football history. And now you're going to take over an organization that's been on its ass here a little bit. It's been a decent organization. It really has. They just haven't won playoff games. But they've been a decent organization, but they're on their ass. Fans are apathetic. Mo Egger down there at ESPN 1530 says that, hell, that lease is up in 2026. You can't guarantee that the Cincinnati Bengals are going to be there after 2026. There's a lot on Joe Burrow's shoulders. Now you're going to take an offseason where there's going to be very little, if any, training camp that, that you can hit in, little preseason. You already got rid of the veteran quarterback there because you were paying him a little bit too much. You're going to go with a coach who won two games last year, who was a rookie coach in his own right, who's still learning in his own way on the job. And you're going to throw him right into that soup? I think he'll start off, he'll be okay. I think there will be a lot of base defense over time. I think there will be some things that he can really beat. But as the season goes on, I worry. They got some talent coming back. Make no doubt, make no mistake about it. The Bengals do have some talent. And with Jonah Williams finally being able to play, even though he'll essentially be a rookie again, with Jonah Williams finally being able to play, they should have a better offensive line. A.J. Green will be there. you got a got a brand-new wide receiver in T. Higgins. They want to continuously tell you about John Ross, but, you know, they'll believe that when you see it. And you got a good running game there in Joe Mixon. you got some things there that help out. But to throw him into that after you're a two-win football team, knowing what could possibly happen – I just like to let Joe breathe a little bit. Wouldn't that be nice? Just let him breathe. As a person who I've just talked about tanking and and seeing quarterbacks get forced into bad situations where you know where I'm from, I just get a little bit nervous because there are guys who go out and they have rough seasons, they have rough rookie years, and they're able to turn it on and they become legends. Some guys you just can't deny.
but there have been plenty of scenarios and plenty of situations where I've looked at young quarterbacks and I've wondered what could have been. Like when Howard Balzer was on with us from Sports Illustrated at 1040 today, and he said, you know, I always wonder what would happen with Blaine Gabbert. Maybe Blaine Gabbert wouldn't have been an all-pro. Maybe he wouldn't have been a perennial contender. Maybe he wouldn't have been a Hall of Famer. More than likely not any of those things. Would he be as bad as he was if he weren't drafted during the lockout season of 2011? If he would have had a proper offseason and wasn't thrown into the wolves in Jacksonville, would he have been better off in that situation? Probably. Tua, Tua has that natural injury. You'll take your time with Tua. Justin Herbert, I hope they take their time with him, but I've seen teams that have Tyrod Taylor out there before, and I wonder what you're going to do in week two. And I like Tyrod Taylor. But when the fans start to bark, and when the owner starts to bark, you're going to see a different story. It's just naturally set up for Joe Burrow. Can't help but be nervous about it. I've seen far too much. Big thanks to everybody who joined us today. Pierno was great. Nick Theodoro, Nick Theodoro was wonderful. Big thanks to Chris Lopresti. Mark Ernay was wonderful. Listen to all the interviews, CBSSportsRadio.com. Baltzer was great. Everybody was fantastic. I'm back next Saturday. Ponies next. Have a wonderful weekend, my friends. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.